0: Welcome to a special review recap episode of Broadway Radio. My name is Matt Timonini. I'm coming to you just a little bit before 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Wednesday, April 19th. These Broadway press reps and producers, man, they are killing me by embargoing their reviews until 10 p.m. I gotta get my sleep. But we are here to discuss the reviews for the latest Mischief Theater Company production on Broadway, Peter Pan Goes Wrong. If you are new here, if you're listening to this episode in Patreon, you are hearing it first as a standalone episode. But if you're hearing this in the regular feed, welcome to Today on Broadway for Thursday, April 20th. Peter Pan Goes Wrong opened on Wednesday night at the Ethel Barrymore Theater, where it's currently scheduled to run through July 9th. The show is written by Henry Lewis, Jonathan Sayer, and Henry Shields, who all appear in the show, and it is based on the play Peter Pan by J.M. Barrie. It is directed by Adam Megado, and scenic design is by Simon Scullion. A number of the people who appeared in Mischief's last production on Broadway, the play that goes wrong, are back in this show, but there is one noteworthy star-casting for this production, at least for the next few weeks. Tony Award winner Neil Patrick Harris is playing Francis, who is ostensibly the narrator of the show, and PH will be in the role just through April 30th. Mischief has said that the show will have a standard actor playing Francis, but will often welcome in guests, either for extended periods, like with NPH, or sometimes just random unannounced drop-ins. If you are unfamiliar with how the Mischief Theater Company does their work, they are highly comical, slapstick, physical comedy farces that lampoon many, many tropes of different types of theater. They're all based around different Cornley theater organizations. Peter Pan Goes Wrong is now being hosted by the Cornley Drama Society, no longer involved with the Polytechnic School after. Everything that happened with uh, the play that goes wrong, you might not be surprised that the school wanted to disassociate themselves with them. As of now, Review aggregator site, Did They Like It?, has collected 13 reviews, nine of them were positive, four of them were mixed, and none of them were negative. Let's start with the New York Times' Jesse Green, who was mixed, unsurprisingly. He said in part, quote, let's just say that Peter doesn't fly so much as flail while airborne he too is knocked unconscious, referencing some of the characters from the original play that goes wrong. But he continues, he too is knocked unconscious, and so may you be with laughter, especially if you did not see the earlier show, which despite its disguise of amateurism was a highly polished production called The Play That Goes Wrong. For the Cornley players are of course fictitious, part of a tradition of farcical comedies featuring terrible actors that goes back to at least a Midsummer Night's Dream. In Peter Pan Goes Wrong, which opened Wednesday at the Ethel Moore Theater with a game Neil Patrick Harris in a guest role, the jokes and mishaps are still funny, if not quite as magical the second time around. Still, the cast makes even the dimmest jokes shine. You admire the polish. The play's three authors, once drama school chums, have given themselves the best roles. Henry Shields, the choleric John Cleese-like one, plays Mr. Darling and Captain Hook. Henry Lewis, the haunted teddy bear, is naturally Nana, and Jonathan Sayer is the headphoned idiot who barely belongs on a stage. Brittany Samuels, writing for Broadway News, was positive, and she said, quote, under Adam Megado's explosive direction, the result is a sometimes repetitive, but always relentlessly funny production that stresses the exacting choreography of great comedy. Adam Feldman of Time Out New York was mixed, said, yet as in Cornley's last show, the game resilience of the actors as they suffer through relentless variations on disaster slapstick gets a little tiring, at least for me, when offered in a two-hour dose. Juan A. Ramirez writing for Theaterly was positive and said, quote, does the shtick get old? It doesn't, it doesn't. Director Adam Megado moves things along at a breathless clip that almost immediately obscures any misses with other hits and the book nicely develops a couple of B-plots involving cast romances and ambitions to keep us hooked. Is it a kids' show? I can't say it's tailored for adults, but my date and I were delighted by the sheer bravado of its joke-a-minute style, inventive design, and committed performances, and the kids around us were howling with laughter, never feeling condescended to, and even being let in on some curiously naughty jokes. Who knew going wrong would feel so right? Greg Evans of Deadline was positive. He said, quote, The latest impeccable demonstration of disaster farce concocted and performed by Britain's gift-to-the-world mischief theater, Peter Pan Goes Wrong currently guest stars Neil Patrick Harris, who fits in so well with the ensemble that he seems like just another one of the gang. That's high praise for both. We'll wrap up with Jackson McHenry writing for Vulture, who was mixed. He said, quote, It's basic, lowest common denominator theater, but it tends to work with variable but generally positive returns. Let this cast entertain you. Let their bonks make you smile. Fair enough. If you'd like to read more of these and other reviews, we will have links to both the Did They Like It recap and the Broadway World Review Roundup in the show notes. That is all that I have for you. So if you are listening to this in Patreon, have a wonderful rest of your either Wednesday night or Thursday. If you are listening to this in the regular feed, I will send you over to the rest of Today on Broadway. Welcome to Today on Broadway for Thursday, April 20th, 420, if you you know, you know. Uh, I'm Broadway Radio's (laughs) Matt Timonini.
1: And I'm arts and culture writer, Ashley Steves.
0: (laughs) I'm asthmatic. I can't smoke That's true. I guess there's other ways you can do that, but I'm still too much of a square. (laughs) Well played. Thanks. Um, (laughs) We are recording here on Wednesday, obviously, later tonight, the show, the show, Ashley, that... You have seen You can't do a review yet Although I right. guess you probably could Because by the time this comes out eh. um, It'll have opened Yeah You But it won't Not officially I guess The, the embargo probably isn't up By the time it goes up on I'll, Patreon I'll, but.
1: I'll be kind to the publicist Who very graciously give me Comps to not violate yes. their embargo Yeah
0: Even if you have to pay to hear it But I will say It's uh, Peter Pan goes wrong And you really really liked it I really really so, liked it Absolutely if, yeah, if 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 if, uh, if press reps want to get mad, you can get mad at me. But we will have all of yeah, the reviews in the mad. review recap episode coming up in Patreon later tonight on Wednesday night. It'll also be in this regular episode in the regular feed if you are listening there. Um, also, by the time you are hearing this, my episode uh, interviewing Olivia Holt, who's currently playing Roxy Hart, is in uh, your podcast feeds. And I will note on Tuesday night. I went to the Dr. Phillips Center for Performing Arts to see the national tour of Chicago. interestingly, time enough, that's actually why I waited to get this episode out. I will say that I haven't seen the show in well over a decade. And while the principal talent was good, but not great, um, the show really is just good it's just a it's good a show like the music show. is great
1: absolutely Yeah.
0: the vibe is great the the staging is great the songs are great so it really does hold up even if like the talent is is good it's serviceable it's not the worst thing i've ever seen at a t- on a tour at dr phillips center uh, but i highly recommend that uh i'll have links into the show notes if you want to go see where this national tour is but uh i hadn't seen it since i saw jerry springer do a little stint in the Ooh, tour Oh
1: yeah that's I don't right know,
0: 13 14 yeah, years ago give or take um <laughs> absolutely ridiculous um, but it was really good and i'm glad i'm going back America to see it Sweetheart. again on sunday so looking forward to that yeah all right well let's get into the news ashley and this one we knew was like working but i didn't realize it was this close to coming to the stage but yesterday it was reported exclusively by deadlines baz bomba boy that the new musical adaptation of Rawl Dahl's classic the witches will be coming yeah. to the stage at london's national theater beginning this fall in November. The show will begin performances on November 7th ahead of an official press night on November 21st, and it's going to feature some some creative team names that you are very familiar with, depending on, you know, to varying levels of uh, of degrees. It'll be directed by Lindsay Turner, who has uh, done one Broadway show. It was the 2014 revival of Mackinac, which is one of my favorite shows of all time. I didn't see mm, this production, but in 2014, she did the acclaimed production of that. It features a book by Lucy Kirkwood, who was a Tony nominee for her play, The Children, mm-hmm. which uh, ran on Broadway in 2018, was very well received. But most notably, it features music and lyrics by Tony Award nominee Dave, Dave Molloy, Malloy, of course, and Natasha yeah. Pierre in the Great yes. Comet. Of eighteen twelve, that just makes everything about this feel so right. Dave Malloy is such a quirky writer, totally. Um, to the point, you know, between this and Moby Dick, and, and Octet. Uh, was it Octet? Yeah, Octet. Yeah, um, and some of the other things he's done throughout the years, like this, kind of feels right with a raw doll piece, kind of similar to how I felt like Tim Mention really worked with with Matilda. Oh, totally, and, um, and good names uh, to
1: compare as well because they're both so exciting writers.
0: Yeah, and that was, I was going to say, and Mark Shaman and Scott Whitman did not feel right for uh, no. for Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. Uh, it just never really worked. But the, the show, again, will be coming up later this fall, and they have announced the full creative team and many members of the cast. Catherine Kingsley, who is a three-time Olivier nominee, is set to star as the Grand High Witch, and BAFTA Award winner Daniel Rigby will play Mr. Stringer. Of course, this has been made into two different movies, first in 1990, featuring the iconic angelica houston who played the high witch they remade it in 2020 for hbo max i think is where it went originally at the time starring anne hathaway the 1990 version much more successful yeah um than the other the the more recent one but the more recent one did have a really nice cast yeah most people did i don't think anyone watched it yeah Um, but anne hathaway was in it octavia spencer stanley tucci Kristen Chenoweth um, voiced uh, Daisy, the the pet mouse, and it, I remember reading this book as a kid, and it was terrifying even then. And then to see Angelica Houston as a Grand High Witch Perfect. was like,
1: oh, iconic.
0: I am frightened. Yeah, it, it's certainly iconic, yeah. and that certainly probably gave me wa- a little bit of the reasons why I was always a little bit afraid of her on Smash. Not only because oh, I didn't want her to fair. throw a drink in my face, but also <laughs> dating back to the witches. So, um, see, that's excited about this
1: inspiring to me and my entire personality. Well, so, different strokes for
0: different exactly. folks, but, um, but yeah, very much looking forward to seeing what happens with this. Uh, I'm assuming that if it does well, this is something that could come over to, to, to New York, but we will obviously have to wait and see how it does Definitely. in London. Let's move on to a different type of adaptation, going the other way, while The Witches was first a book and then a movie, and now it's coming to the stage. This is a stage property going to the screen, uh, and one that I think a lot of people are really excited, especially in the theater intelligentsia. Tina Sater's Is This a Room? has been adapted for the big screen, which we've talked about before. It is now called Reality, and it is coming to HBO Max. Actually, it'll be technically called Max by then. Um, it'll come to the streamer on May 29th, and it stars Euphoria and White Lotus star Sydney Sweeney as reality winner. And what's cool about this is, in addition to her, the two other main characters, if you've seen the show, you know there's not... Very many more than that. Um, our stage and screen stars, Josh Hamilton, who has been on Broadway in Proof in the Coast of Utopia and Dead Accounts will be one of the stars. And Marshant Davis, who is currently on Broadway in Goodnight Oscar, who has also been in Ain't No Mo on Broadway and The Great Society is in the cast as well. I am super interested to see how this is adapted to the screen because it was such an interesting piece of theater that felt very theatrical, especially just in the way that Tina Sater's script was
1: written.
0: 100%. I wonder how that will work in relationship to something that is generally more realistic, no pun intended, with reality winner's name, um, (laughs) on the screen and to see how they make that change, if much at all, to what we will see in the the streaming version.
1: I can't imagine that the... theatrical version will work on screen like it's just so specific to the room you're in no pun intended but genuinely and so specific to being in a theatrical space i would have to imagine and i hope i'm wrong because i do want to see them try that this is gonna be more of a you know down the barrel kind of adaptation of the material i mean the material obviously lends itself very well to a dramatization in whatever form you do but you know i feel like they can do it either way and maybe with the name change they kind of did end up going more straightforward less theatrical with it it's hard to tell this early but i'm excited to see what well- they've done and i think the cast is great obviously
0: yeah. And I will say that Tina Sater not only wrote the, you know, the right, stage yeah. version that this is uh, adapted from, she directed the film mm-hmm. and she co-writes the film with James Paul Dallas. So having her so intimately involved in the storytelling makes me think like. It's gonna keep some of that DNA. It might have to adapt in some forms, just because the 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 medium is different. So I, right. I would not be surprised and if there were some
1: sort of changes. Yeah, I mean the dialogue is still the same. They even say that in like the release for it and everything. The dialogue is still taken directly from the transcript. So I imagine that you know, keeping that aspect of it is, you know, is the link between the two. But still, I mean, maybe not. Maybe it is as close to a direct uh, adaptation of, as possible. I would like to see them try. I would love it. Yeah.
0: Me too. All right. In other news, yesterday we found out that Santino Fontana, Tony Award winner of Santino Fontana, will be leading the upcoming Transport Group concert. They do these fairly regularly. They've done things for like – um Sweet Charity and Promises, Promises, Man of La Mancha, Baby, Once Upon a Mattress, all these other things. Um, They are always star-studded, but Santino is going to be leading the upcoming concert of nine. It'll be happening on my birthday, June 26th, at Merkin Hall at Kaufman Music Center. They have not announced the rest of the cast, but based on how these other concerts have always worked, Ashley, I imagine that it will be a star-studded affair um, with all of the different women in the cast being big, big Broadway names. So... If you want to check this out, I certainly recommend getting tickets now because I think when the other names are announced, it very well might be very difficult to, uh, to get those tickets. Uh, you can get information at transportgroup.org currently. I've, I've seen a couple productions of nine in the past five, six years or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it always strikes me that like, obviously this is a show that's one Tony's and, you know, is, is very well regarded, but like, why this isn't something that gets done more often, especially outside of New York, it. where yeah, yeah, like it's such a there's literally only one guy in the entire show. Now, granted, the subject matter is a little bit yeah, it's <laughs> a, it's a subject matter is uh, you know not exactly something that you're going to do in a lot of community theaters or certainly not high schools. But I saw a college production. Sure, yeah. um, you know, you would think that you would see this done a little bit more regionally because the music is. So, so good. Uh, the more Absolutely yes to music. Amazing. And it, it is just, it has so many opportunities for really great casting and really great performances mm-hmm. that. I love the show. I I wish I was going to be in town to celebrate my birthday. Yeah,
1: but like in the same way that like Cabaret is, and you could it could be just as easily celebrated for different reasons, of course. I've been asking for a Nine revival for a while now at this point. I absolutely, you know, even an off-Broadway revival, which I think would be really fun in the right hands. Mm -hmm. But yeah, more Nine productions, please.
0: Who would be your like your perfect director for a nine revival Ooh. is it uh is it a michael arden or do you want i mean i, I would think you I think, he would be good at great yeah at it. But I, think, I think you know going with a woman would make sense of course always um, given all the women in it although it is you know the man is the central character in the show but uh
1: it also you know, depends on what direction you're come to go mind? with. I was going to say it depends on what direction you go with. Obviously, my pick for anything always is Rachel Schafkin, but I mean Michael that, Arden is a really, yeah. yeah, of course. I mean, please give her every production, but Michael Arden would be, I, I'm sure, spectacular at it as well.
0: Yeah, we'll have to wait, wait and see, and who knows? Maybe it'll Someday. be uh, Santino Fontana playing uh, yeah. playing Guido on Broadway or off Broadway in a revival sometime soon. Uh, all right. Uh, in other news, uh, I think it was actually came down late on Tuesday, but the great stage and screen star Corbin Blue will be the host of the upcoming 14th annual Jimmy Awards. I cannot believe we're already at the 14th annual Crazy. Jimmy Awards. This, unfortunately, if you want to see him host this and you want to see uh, Santino Fontana in the Nine concert, you can't do it because they're both happening Too on the bad. same day, both celebrating my birthday on June 26th, Um, this will be the second time that Corbin will host the awards, having previously done it in 2021. The awards will take place at the Minskoff Theater on Broadway at 7.30 p.m. Of course, this is where you go to see the next group of Broadway stars, because it seems like one of the people from the finalists, not necessarily always the winner, but somebody right, from right, that right. group of finalists that you always see doing that main medley at the end. Yeah. Like one of them is on Broadway within like. Oh, two next, three years and yeah if so not say sooner. next
1: season, or at least within four yeah. years, totally, I mean, like just to
0: think like Renee Rapp and Andrew Barth Feldman, I think they were the winners from one from one year, and they have both gone yeah, on to not only I lead think. Broadway shows but are now like in major
1: stage film and, and television stars. projects incredible, yeah
0: yeah, it's just uh, you, you love to see it, and you love to see the opportunities that these kids are getting uh, to actually do things on a yeah. Broadway stage.
1: I'm glad we could all come together to celebrate what really matters too, which is Matt Tammanini.
0: Right. I mean, all of these things happening a thousand miles away from me were clearly designed to yeah. celebrate me, even though I Absolutely. will not be at any of them.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, except your invites, I guess.
0: Yeah. That these are my parties. Um, in lieu of gifts, go to these
1: things. <laughs> will you cry um, if you want to?
0: <laughs> it will be my party. I don't like my birthday. I honestly I just don't. Like it's not a getting old thing. I just Yeah, no, like, of I, course you know, not. I don't, I don't no. like my birthday. Um, yeah. anyway. um I'm just, it's, it's uncomfortable. Anyway, so moving on, <laughs> uh, we got news yesterday that Harry Potter and the Cursed Child has recouped its initial Broadway, uh, investment. It actually happened in quote, late last year. Yeah. Um, this is similar to what happened with six that announced that it had recouped in late 2022, right in time to celebrate its 600th Broadway performance, of course. The, the synergy of the number six is great there. Here, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child is getting ready to celebrate its fifth anniversary on Broadway. Of course, there was like a year and a half when it didn't run because of the pandemic. Um, but they are celebrating five years since opening night. Um, interestingly enough, of course, originally this show opened as a two-part show back in April of 2018. And now once post-pandemic, uh, it has returned, been shortened down just to one show. And, you know, based on the grosses that we've seen in the show, I feel like That's really helped it tremendously. Like it started to waver quite a bit. Towards the end of of 2019, not around the holidays, but you know, post uh, post holiday, pre-holidays, post-holidays into 2020, um, and we were talking about the fact that like this was something that was supposed to run for a long time, and we were wondering if it could actually sure. stay afloat for this long had the pandemic not happened, and they shorten it. Since the pandemic, it is grossing well over a million dollars every week, even in the slower times of year, even when there's so many other short shows opening. Um, I saw it last year for the first time, having no Harry Potter knowledge whatsoever, and I thought it was absolutely tremendous and i would go see it again even Incredibly though i have no real affinity stagecraft. for yeah absolutely and the story's fine the story is a story uh but you're right mm. the stagecraft yeah. of it is <laughs> is great we we all have our you know not we all but many of us have issues with the you know the the ip's creator at this point um issues is so do with it that like, what you will yeah yeah to do with that what you will but for the people who have been involved with the show and continue to be involved with the show I'm very happy um, I'm glad
1: that they are that getting that they continue to have success mm-hmm. yeah
0: absolutely and in a show that people are seeing uh, yes. that is always good as well um, all right. In other news, uh, the Ensemble Studio Theater announced that they are extending the show smart. It is now currently set to run through the end of the month on April 30th. When I hosted This Week on Broadway a couple of weeks ago, Peter Felicia raved about this show, said that you will Ooh, never look at your smart yes. device the same way again. Um, so if you want to happen, have an opportunity to go check this one out, you have a few more extra performances to do so. And finally, uh, coming up on April 22nd, which is Earth Day, the Broadway G- Green Alliance will be partnering with the Times Square Alliance to hold the second annual Broadway Celebrates Earth Day. Uh, it'll be a series of concerts that'll be happening on Broadway between 45th and 46th Streets between 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. You can also view them uh, via live stream on Stars in the Houses website and YouTube page and stuff like that. Nice. There will be like two sets of concerts. In the morning, will be into Broadway, be a bunch of Broadway stars. In the afternoon, will be a bunch of different organizations. Uh In the morning session, the Broadway stars uh, appearing will be just some of them, not all of them. There will be more more announced later. But some of the names you'll, re- you'll be familiar with. Anika Larson, uh, Felipe Arroyo, uh, Mara Davey, Jordan Dobson, Laurel Harris, Ali Mazzi, Michael James Scott, Jason Tam, Alicia Umfris, and others. If you want more information about that, we will have it in the show notes. Alright, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway you can Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMatt. Matt. Ashley, where can people find you?
1: You can find me on Instagram at know this is Ashley. All right,
0: don't forget, if you are hearing this in Patreon, stick around later this evening so that you can check out all of the reviews for Peter Pan Goes Wrong. I think they will be fairly good ones. Uh, if you're listening to this in a regular feed, you've already heard them. So
1: Congratulations. Good for you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Anyway, have a <laughs> wonderful Thursday, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow. back.